TCU Podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Andre Culleton, and today we discuss a film that is the good, the bad, and the entertaining, but mostly just traumatic and definitely nowhere near happiest. I am, of course, talking about the happiest season. Directed by queer icon Clea Duvall and starring Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Aubrey Plaza, Mary Steenburgen, Alison Brie. This is a really expensive cast. And of course, gay icon Victor Garber as a Republican dad. Why not? It's a story about coming out trauma, Christmas trauma, and just regular old garden variety family trauma. Y'all, fresh off being traumatized by this very film, they are a guest you know well a veteran of the TCU pod from the Crimes of the Future two-parter, my brilliant friend, lover of Hello Kitty, and all that is a very specific shade of pink, it's Halo Rossetti. Welcome to Hi. I recently found out it's called Millennial Pink, and I feel like the least original person in the whole world. Oh, no. I'm so sorry this for your loss. This is the color pink. Yeah, no, this is the color pink that my entire generation is thinks it's their favorite color. <sighs> Well, it looks great in your home and in your wardrobe. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's it. It's Halo Pink now, BG. It, it's Halo that's Pink, it. yes. The revolution. Can I just coming. say, yes. that's it. Yeah, this is my version of Christmas. It's just Millennial Pink everywhere. Can I just make an, an, an announcement? Can I just make an announcement? My announcement is it. that was saddest, most fucked up season. That's what they should have called that stupid movie. <laughs> stupid season the stupidest (laughs) season the dumbest um maybe most expensive you know (laughs) (laughs) super it truly begs the question how many hundred dollar bills do Claire Duval set on fire making that film absolutely honestly (laughs) not like can we give off a star this is payback for me making you sit Mm. through crimes of the future and, and also, you're vomiting. responsible for Titan too, which is coming out early no. next year. You are you hooked that up and said, "Hey, Titan no. is something that Jonathan yeah. would do," and Love now it is. <laughs> yeah, such a good movie. Did you need a Twigo warning? <laughs> you needed a Twigo warning. I needed a little <laughs> trigger warning, and I was fully triggered, but. Um, yes, it is payback, and I'm so I'm so glad that you agreed to do this when it was not, I think, on the many, many, uh, you know, the list of things that we, we said in the Crimes of Future episode. We named maybe Yeah, like Land films. Before Time, too. Yeah, I don't think we named this one, so I know you're going to be on again, but... I'll be back. <laughs> You'll be back All even right, after let's this. Get in- let's get into our nostalgia I know. Stand, can we as give you it, know. Can we give it... I just want to quickly say... Can I give this film half a star? I know we don't write films on this, but ra- I want to just uh, I say, see, I see. Well, it's half yeah. a star. That's all. Whoever's listening, half Copy. a star. All right. Copy. Like in, term, in terms of like your Amazon review rating. Like yeah, my Yelp half a review. Star, your Yelp half review. Half a star. Half a star. Okay, okay. Yeah. Copy, copy. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yes. And I will give it... Gosh, I don't know. I can't... <laughs> Two... I'll give it a two. Oh, uh, it's probably a two, honestly. It's a but genuine I'm giving it half a star. Yeah, yeah I think it is genuine half a star and a genuine two star. I think I think I'm giving it that for the film that it could have been, you know, it, which That's might be saying. unfair. Yeah. <laughs> well, like it's let's... not. It, you, there's a film it could be and the film that it is. The film sure. that it is half a star. And the both cost the be... same money. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's because tragic. The, same, the bonfire of hundred dollar bills is the same size. Yeah, they spent money on really stupid stuff, like even renting those fur coats for them to walk in. I'm like, this isn't worth the gag. The gag that isn't legible anymore in the dark lighting. 
like, you know. Oh, my God. So, anyway, let's get into Should've our... paid their DP more money. <laughs> well, I think we're going to look it up, and it's going to be some iconic lesbian DP. Oh, sorry <laughs> to that lesbian. Uh, so before let's... we get into the... Nost- I know you want to start the game, but everyone needs to know. I have mm. COVID, Oh. and Jonathan has RSV. Mm-hmm. So if we sound snotty and insane... That's why. That's all I have to say. You yeah, can start but, the nostalgia game now. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't think Halo's gone to the ER because that's the worst place to go. Oh, oh, it's a race to the bottom. Okay, it's a race to the bottom. It's a race to who's the who's the biggest bottom. <laughs> but you know, who's, eight hours who's, there. Who bottomed out in the ER asking for oxygen? Not the person with COVID. I was a full bottom in the ER. <laughs> Not the person with COVID. You would think it would be, but no, it's the person with a little cough. And we can also, why don't we mention also, though, that I did go to the ER and my transness was asked about by not only the doctor. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, let's tell them because I told you that the doctor finding out that I, I am trans asked me to reveal my beard. And also the nurse asked about my, what my scar was for, even though my chart said trans, which is just funny. <laughs> So, long story short, stay tuned to this podcast to find out if whether or not Jonathan sues the California State Hospital System and wins, yeah, which gonna... has been done before by trans people. And I just think that it could result in a tidy sum of money that we could give to Cleo Duval mm-hmm. and be like, try oh, yeah. again. <laughs> you know, I'll bleep out the name for now, but it's the... Um, That's yeah, it. yeah, out in the desert, you'll y'all. have to subscribe and pay money matter. to the Patreon to get the <laughs> yes. unbleached version of the hospital on the Patreon. The trial will be followed, so if you yeah. want any any <laughs> content from the lawsuit, follow the Patreon five dollars a month. All right, let's do our nostalgia scan. It's powered as usual by Realty, but of course, this time I've made it in a lesbian kitchen. It's time to ask ourselves. How much nostalgia do we really have for Happiest Season? Halo, I, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Halo has put, put Christmas, Christmas lights, lights on my Zoom up. scene to, to bring up the nostalgia a little bit. Should I do it too? Because yeah. it'll be over no, the space. No, stay in space. John you want me to be in space? In space. Right now. <laughs> no, yeah. stay in space. Stay All right. in space. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm here um, all right <laughs> egregiously let's go so. you go you, you, right. you go first because i feel like you actually yeah. have a relationship to hallmark films which i do not and sure. it's basically a hallmark film but gay scanning well here's the things that are pinging for me one i think this is a straight up covid classic it was a 2020 film <laughs> that people were like this is this, this is this is shitty times it's december we've been locked we in have a cage. covid classics now yeah wow. and, and it was definitely a film that people were like oh, oh great you know <laughs> let's let's have a nice it's happy gay. let's <laughs> it's oh, gay no. it's gay so oh, okay great no. All these traumatized queers at home, unable to leave, living like potted up with their exes, watching. <laughs> well, and that's season. true. That was absolutely true of me. That that I was, I was holed up with. Potted up ex. with your ex. Yeah, I know. I was and too it, briefly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's traumatizing in and of itself. It's, um, it's itself. I, I think I think I had high anticipation, so that the trauma that the film holds actually that's why people were so like whoa Jess Tom has a really great episode of Bechdel cast where they go on about this in a in a, a two-hour segment that you can also listen to it's amazing to think that everybody really was duped by everything including the the title you know and just thought we're gonna be um happy and very queer very queer surrounded by queerness in this film Tegan and Sarah wrote a song for it so um all of those things are pinging I do love case stew I have you know well she their... was phenomenal <laughs> yeah That's, she was the only redeemable thing about this whole film it's like too much for them and they can't take it and it's like they just have to fuck it all up for themselves i have an appreciation for her um making this film work on an entertainment level because there's definitely like a clusterfuck that you're watching and she is at the epi- epicenter sort of holding it together you're interested in what how she's going to emote in this film i think it's it's notable too that this is you know one of the first 
out roles that she had. She was in a film a few years before this. That one, it's escaping me. I didn't look it up. You know what film I'm talking about? Where she in the old? There's an older She's, lesbian with her. It's a French film. I'm terrible, y'all. I'm, I'm gonna, just I'm gonna put it right Carol, in. I'm and I'm like, nope, in. that's Rudy no, Mara, not an actual no, gay. No, it's got Unless that. Unless Rudy Mara is gay, <laughs> I feel like she's not gay. Um, they were no, cosplaying at homosexuality in Carol, right? I don't think she's. I don't think she's gay at all. I think she's. She's well. Yeah. She's uh, with Joaquin Phoenix, is uh, Rooney Martin's partner. What? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. Wait, sure, in real yeah. life? Yeah, I'm. I'm almost ninety nine percent sure that that's going on. <laughs> anyway, she grew up as a that's billionaire. That's the most scandalous thing I've learned. <laughs> Wow. She wow. has a totally different... Yeah, I don't think her... We're eating a lot of yeah. vegan food together. That's it. Um, happy season to you guys. So, a very happy season. God, I'm full of so much gratitude right now. Um, so, okay, you know, so I, you, I think the sound effect of her case to actually being a homosexual in the movie. Right. When she recently I'm, came out as a homosexual. Correct, correct. And I'm going to also say that, like, the nostalgia is really cut down by the fact that immediately after this film was promoted and really jazzed about, then we got that wallop of the, wait, why is this film all about trauma? So there's also mentioning this film doesn't imbue me with, oh, nostalgia. It's it's like, like oh, warm yeah. feelings. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> Like, oh, the thing that could have been a nostalgic classic, but wasn't because exactly. I was too dissociated through 80% of it. It's an yeah. anti-nostalgia, like an anti-hero. It kind yeah. of is an anti-nostalgia film because mm -hmm. you think it's going to be nostalgic in a good way. And then yeah. it's nostalgic in a bad way. <laughs> you know, where you're like, yeah. oh, I don't want to remember about how I couldn't come out to my parents. That's right. the nostalgia part about my childhood that I don't want to think about. Yeah, you know? as aside, can I can I ask you like the like remember a big coming out moment for yourself and think do I have nostalgia for that? I think my no, answer would be No, first of all no. it was yeah, first of all it was at Christmas I think and second of, of all I it, I think it sent me back into the closet for 10 years mm. so <laughs> it's fair, definitely fair. not something that I have nostalgia. <laughs> well, it's comfy and dark in there, and nice to be alone. <laughs> Do you want to hear it? What the story? My coming out I, story. Absolutely. If it's a <laughs> yeah. Christmas themed story, yes. Uh, this is round one of coming out. So I'm like at my grandparents' house. We're having some kind of festive meal. I think it's Christmas. I'm 16. And I'm like looking at the TV for some reason. And then out of nowhere, in front of my grandparents, who are like the most Catholic, the most conservative <laughs> Italians of all time, my mom or my dad, I think it was my mom, goes, You know, it's, it's okay, dead name. It's okay, dead name. Uh, if you're a lesbian, it's okay. We just love you how you are. And I was like, I hadn't even said a word to them at all. My heart stopped. Out of the blue. Huh? Out of the blue? Out of, apropos of nothing. <laughs> nothing. Like, potentially I was looking at something on the TV that was construed a certain way, but really yeah. out of absolutely fucking nowhere, my mom's like, it's okay if you're a lesbian, we'll love you just the way you are. Which is a lovely sentiment, but in front of my two super Catholic grandparents, and also like, apropos of nothing, I was like, Ugh, and I just didn't say anything and then like ran back into the closet even more. So that was round one. Oh, yeah. So round, yeah, round two was a little different, but round one, that was round one. <laughs> round two was better, but round one was Christmas, family, queer. Well, round two is a little bit more like I was 28 and my dad was like, why do you keep posting about trans shit on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well... <laughs> <laughs> why why yeah um i love i love my dad for um after i came out to him like he like sat back on the couch and he went yeah i knew <laughs> <laughs> i was like did you i think he must have but it's it's interesting when they're like what huh and it's like you've been with yeah. me the whole time but... yeah they knew they <laughs> deeply on. knew 
They deeply, they deeply knew. knew. Um, so, uh, what's, so what about your nostalgia? Wait, you have to give a rating. Oh. You can't just do oh. this without giving a rating. I thought I did. Sorry. Mine is 50 because I'm, do- yeah, I'm just half cutting in a nostalgia, half. Nostalgia, half non-nostalgia. Yeah. Scanning. I'll tell you why. I'm Australian. We didn't grow up with your dumb Hallmark movies. We didn't grow up with cold yeah. Christmas. We grew up, it's Bobby. like literally summer. We'd go to barbecues and shit. Yeah. I was no, I didn't really start super hardcore standing case due until Crimes of the Future, and now she has my heart forever. But before then, I, I wasn't a Twilight person. I she, I didn't grow sure. up with her. Okay. Well, she sucks in that. Like. Yeah, and like, listen, if Cleo Duvall had even made a cameo in it, I would have given like maybe ten percent nostalgia because. But I, she again, does. I don't... she does. You what? missed it. Mm-hmm. What? Yep. I saw it this time. It's not a it's not moving picture, but in the uh, after credits. When they are, I oh think yeah, I definitely at, stopped it before the credits. No, were you got. Oh, you got. I Graham got stopped. As as Graham stopped me and was like, "Wait, there's more story." Oh. And, and they were right because it's because just like in the opening, they're using the these montages in the beginning and the end to Insane tell a montages. lot of story. So, um, in it's, uh, I think someone's running a marathon and everybody's oh. there, and Aubrey Plaza and Clea Duval are like, it looks like it's their girlfriends, you know, and they're oh it's like, you know, they're God. together. So yes, she is technically in this movie. Oh my God! <laughs> Wait, Riley. <laughs> Riley and Clea Duvall. Clea Duvall dates Riley? Yes. Oh, good. Riley needed to get booed up because she was one of the best characters, if not the best character in the whole she film. She was smoking hot. Smoking I was like hot. down she on and Riley She and uh, uh, she and Casey should have definitely banged it out. Riley and Casey's Abs- character. I don't even remember her name because it was the most boring name of all time. Abby. Abby. <laughs> okay. What says Casey. tragedy and trauma more than Like Abby. fucking Abby. 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 Oh, Abby. Abby you're going home. I can't do that to Abby. I love it's Abby. Abby. Oh, my poor, <laughs> my poor lesbian darling. Hiding black and back in the closet like a little sheep. World's worst. Abigail. 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 <laughs> you can do an Irish accent for Abby. I do, yeah. I can't do an Irish accent for Abby. I can. <laughs> But I should Abigail, get back in the closet <laughs> where you belong. Get the back there, you whippersnapper. <laughs> zero. So zero. Therefore, zero. zero. Deep boop bop. Okay. Boop, Let's get into the hellscape. It's our synopsis. We open classically on an AI-generated advent calendar. Am I wrong? semi-rendered representations of our lesbo couple honestly the opening (laughs) sequence is an absolute dumpster fire of art whoever drew it did it should be taken out the back and shot i'm sorry but uh i don't think it was an ai because this was came out in 2020 and ai's only just learned how to paint yesterday so it's so true so true it's somebody unfortunately we have humanity to blame Humanity to blame. Yeah, there's a there's a queer <laughs> artist probably behind this that is drawing this Crying on a right tablet. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> they look no, up podcasts I, this is some on MS Paint season. job. I feel like okay. someone booted up. Like boom, 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 boom. they were 1998 fucking Macintosh that was brick shaped. Right. Yes, and they just on put a picture in and clicked yeah. like Christmas and pressed print and then scanned it, and that's what this looks like. It's really bad. It's, it's really, really bad. kind of uncanny valley. I, I think the uncanny valley part was seeing Case do in there. Something about it being mm. her specifically rendered so terribly was in like the... an insult to movie kinds. There was one where their heads were so big, <laughs> their, heads <laughs> yeah, their were like three were... layers oh. ahead. <laughs> I was like, what Honestly, the second trying? the credits started, I was like, this is going to be terrible. And then I just want to say, what was the mm. opening shot of the film? Yeah, when you said that. A satanic Santa toll. Right. Okay. Oh, you mean A the first up, live like, shot? The yes. Credits, it, opening crap, credits, you're not crap, really crap, supposed crap, to crap. count that. But then it's like the film's starting and it's yes. fully an absolutely satanic looking Santa. Yeah. yeah, and not in a fun way. And I'm just like, if that ain't, first of all, yes, in a sense, it's a great opening shot because that is the film. Honestly. <laughs> but like not in the way that they intended, 
you know? Right. But in, a, in an optical unconscious way, the evil creepy Santa is the perfect opening shot for this scene. For this I'm going to just cut out that part and put it on a loop in a story when this episode comes out. <laughs> Honestly, it's a great opening shot for the film with the shot behind it. <laughs> I think, honestly, if we're looking at it, like, we want to look at it. You know what I mean? We're now yeah. in charge of the the narrative. It, we own it as the audience. Yeah, the patriarchal say... Santa figure is kind of disturbing and uncanny and not as happy and jolly as we initially thought. That and is we're... the plot of the film. <laughs> And we're bit. about to bop around tonally in a way that is ping pong like. There's and confusing. A... Like, what is the tone of this film? <laughs> well, so that's it's it's almost like you're pointing that out. So what if we see it kind of as a, a horror trauma horror film in Netflix? <laughs> Horror themed okay. Christmas film. These yeah. are the two films: Happiest yes. Season yes. and Eyes Wide Shut. That's it. <laughs> right, that's right. It. That's it. <laughs> Horror throw themed Krampus in there Christmas. too. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> here's the thing: is that we could say a film about a lot of trauma is like an indie, right? Like a queer indie, but this no. has none of the vibe. No, it's it doesn't. It doesn't budget. address the trauma, it's and it's budget. very high. Yeah, exactly. It's not about that. It's about christmas it's like, like it's very... gone wrong but the point <laughs> exactly. is it, i think they, they build it as like a rom-com but it's not right. funny but i also want to note though the hallmark it just just uh, because you know it's very common here in as this a country genre. as yeah. a genre if this was a hallmark film the it would be that they went there they were wrong for each other we knew that and then when they got there, K-Stu meets Aubrey Plaza, who works, who is like right. a lumberjack. Right, k would have ended up yeah. with Riley. <laughs> exactly. And, but it's somebody from happened. the town who's like a different vibe, and then not a doctor who's also comes from this affluent society. Yeah, but, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah Home she should have ended working. up with Riley. That's yeah. why the film doesn't work, because Riley's yeah. out and proud and adult and mature. And like instead, she goes with this person that fully gaslit her and abused her for a whole yes. movie. And I was, I will point out that Clea Duval says that this is semi autobiographical, so this is graft onto uh, life truth. So we're not, you uh, know, saying that this uh, is. Well, we we understand the it semi happened. part was the wrong semi part. That's all I have to say. You may continue yeah. the synopsis, otherwise Thank you. This we're going to be here another till two dawn. hour coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> currently we're at the opening shot. <laughs> Breaking Dawn. So, <laughs> so we open on Case Stu and uh, Harper, who I've called non-Les here because I couldn't remember the character name for a sec. But this is Mackenzie Davis is playing another lesbian, but is, uh, you know, an actress. Who, she's a, uh, a straight-looking lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> she definitely gives hair to her sexual energy. Lesbian. Right. The hair... Is she, just, um, is she a heterosexual actress? It's like she's played a few lesbians, and oh, I think that would be God. a personal question for her, but right, she's sorry, reading but for me as not. She's giving straight, but good at acting gay. It's exactly, exactly. But I will lie. rescind that comment if she ever comes out. That's Copy, what we will edit the episode well, and repost um, <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> so they're on this Christmas Lane tour with Michelle Buteau, who is completely underused, like really brilliant comedian here. Yeah, for like, she's in there for two seconds. Doing nothing. Some of the best jokes of the whole film. Yes. And then she's gone forever. Her and Jinx and Ben must have had a, you know, because their their special was on Hulu, so they pop up later. That makes sense. I think her special must have been on Hulu. Some sort of numbers game. So they are on this tour, and it's kind of weird. They're, you know, like not having... Harper's having a great time, but clearly K-Stu, whose name is Abby, um, is having the... (laughs) I'm giving a stank face. Right now. I'm just like, no. And 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 Abby is sort of like tolerating, um, and kind of like, yeah, you. He's like, love if it. you love it, and I'm uh-huh. like, okay, first of all, you guys are giving real codependent lesbian. Like, when did you meet? Two weeks ago, right? It was Four giving weeks. you, yeah, you Three whole days. energy. <laughs> yeah, this is our month anniversary. That was giving month anniversary. Month anniversary for sure. And yeah. This is also when we um, we hear that Abby's parents are dead. Now I didn't count; I should have. Um, but about hear... twenty five <laughs> times it is mentioned that Abby's parents are dead, and also she no seems less. pretty. She seems like pretty chill about that fact. Yeah. 
she's like oh yeah you can abuse me about that that's not (laughs) what i'm traumatized by and i'm like are you sure so the parents were professors at carnegie mellon they both are dead so this is whatever happened um and and the only like Like, did they die in a car accident exactly that's what it's a it's a rainy night after university, eight p.m. Oh, closing down at the also, office. Also, we're inventing this part because they never tell they, you. No, no, they she just because they don't actually seem... care about Abby as a character at right. all, at all. And, and Abby is like thirties, you know, early thirties, and she says later that they died when she was nineteen. A traumatic, traumatic age to lose. Your parents. Yeah, she's it like, it's like... not a big deal. They died a long time ago when I was 19. I would be like, that is terrible. That's way worse. I, I'd be way like, worse. I'm just starting therapy. I just got to the place where I can go. Where I like... can function. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm and like, that is too soon. Clea, here's your movie. Uh, 30 Honestly. year old lesbian who wants to get married badly and hasn't unpacked the trauma of her parents. Yeah, and instead decides to spend some more time single and working on herself. <laughs> right. right? Right. And then eventually finds Mixed somebody like Riley yeah. and has a real adult relationship but doesn't rush into it over Christmas. That's what the film you should have made. Exactly. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho. and Jonathan. Okay, then what happens? So then they break off from this tour and climb up on someone's roof, which I would argue is some of the most queer moments in this film. Right, because they're doing a crime? Yes, because they're doing yeah. crime. So... Yeah. <laughs> That's why. Also, um, this is uh, Harper's kink, I would argue. Harper has a Being risk Being a secret. Kink. Yeah, Ooh, like, a, we're going to get found out. We're going to get like, caught. Yeah, we're going to get caught kink because she's all like... Oh, let's have sex, but like, mm-hmm. you know, in a way that's really close. And then Abby's like, that's very close. And Harper's like, you can tell she's like, yeah, bitch. And then thematically, we're noting this end of the scene with an, a kink uh, thing from the people in the house saying, hey, we hear you on the roof. They come out and the lady is a dom over this reindeer Who's dressed. like fully bondaged up. And she's like, I didn't say you could come out here. Exactly. And she was calling them a pervert, which is a little bit like, are you saying that gay people are in the same category as BDSM? Because even though I happen to be in both categories, it's not, not everybody is. That's true. I guess I am complaiting it from like my she's own like, you life, guys are perverts. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, you are too. So that's, that's true. I'm um, like, what's so perverted about being gay? I mean, it's really not that. Well, I mean, it is, but it isn't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I guess, you know, that's a very good point. Um, but I do think that there's something purposeful in that inclusion. I I can't look but away just from not the fact wh- that... It's purposeful, but in a very lazy, not well done Super way. Super clumsy. Yeah, it was totally. Clumsy. I think, um, I think yeah, so the, I think then they run away from this situation. Into an alleyway. Into an alley, which yeah. is another, ooh, we have to oh, we're gonna get, get away to We have to kiss. get away. Yeah, yeah, again, you're just, this is the place that you live. So what's why are you like, hiding to do a kiss? But yeah, yeah, it's a long drive away from like a few hours, it seems, or something from the parents. So <sighs> Harper is like, uh, you know what? Oh, yeah, I'm getting horny. Come to Christmas. And then the next day she's like out of her. Well, Abby says yes. Oh, uh, well, yes. <laughs> First she says no. Then she says yes. But by the time she says yes, Harper's like, oh, shit. The thing I didn't think about in that alleyway was the fact that I fully have not told my parents that I'm gay, nor have I told them about Abby. And I have simultaneously lied to Abby for six months yes, about, about this that. Fact. So I don't know. I guess I'm going to black out about that until we're actually driving on our way to the parents' house. And then oh. I'll suddenly remember and tell her. <laughs> and before we get there, though, we have to see the stakes of what Abby is trying to do with this relationship. Oh, so, yeah. of course, so we're meeting John. She's who gonna, is... John's going to do the, the pet sitting. Because John yeah. John is um, uh, Levy. What's what's the first name? So basically... What's his first name? Well, yeah. I'm going to say Joseph Gordon-Levy, but it's <laughs> What is it? I don't know. Eugene Levy's son who... <laughs> It's UJ Levy Jr. We'll just call him Graham Levy Jr. Graham is like screaming in the other room that I don't. 
know this. Okay. Anyway, while you look that up, I'm just gonna continue to narrate, which is that they go to sleep together, and it's like, oh, and then Riley wakes up, Damn. and she's like, hey, I'm gonna come to Christmas, and Harper's like, <laughs> and, and and Abby's like, Harper's dries like, what up. What about the pets? Because you love pets sitting at Christmas. Oh, yes. And you said that. And then mm-hmm. Abby's like, no takesies, backsies. I'm coming. Yes. And Harper's like, fuck. And gives this straight girl, like, meaningful look. Oh, like, oh, shit. And then yeah. meeting with her BFF, Gordon Levy Jr. <laughs> uh, Dan Le- Levy. Dan Levy. And... and it's like, don't kill the fish. And he's like, whatever, I'm not paying attention. But also... <laughs> Like, this is a bad idea. I'm your friend. And okay. she's like, it's fine. Let's go get a wedding ring. Can I pause you just for one second and say that, again, this film is supposed to be queer, right? Animals, pets. Now we have a, a, a random plot line of animals dying for the queers, for the queer Happy Yeah, Christmas and actually, you know what? They never resolved that. Oh, no. He buys fish. You see him. You see him doing the things. But in the but end, never, when he shows up, he says, we have to still talk about the fish. So I assume that he killed the new fish as well. Well, I don't know. But the thing is, or it's <laughs> just like, if you're the owner of the fish, you know that that's not your fish. Oh, totally. You know? Absolutely. Fucking you know. Yeah. The, like, it's almost it's like, like a whole other. It's like don't... replacing a dog. <laughs> right. They're they're not just like random. Like They're they not just red fish. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's not how that happens. <laughs> so, yeah. So now we're, we're at the jewelers. We're buying this engagement ring. And can I also just say real quick that I just want to say that like at the end when he's like, oh, my therapist is taking care of the fish. Yes. I'm like the only person in therapy. Yeah. It's the gay best friend. And it Absolutely. shows. And it and... fucking shows. That's what I have to say. <laughs> yeah, it all does. have not done anything. He's the only one that drops any kind of truth. And he that's because maybe... he's a fucking therapist. <laughs> he's that's a bad it. pet sitter, but he's, but he's a, a great friend. Decent... Except for the one time he hangs up on her. Well, he has trauma well, too. <laughs> Everyone's getting triggered by this situation. He has trauma too. <laughs> he does. Everyone's. <laughs> He literally his dad, you know, we, we'll get there. The point it's is, so true. wedding yeah. ring, he's like, don't wedding do ring. it. Down Very with the heteronormative. Patriarchy. Very heteronormative, though, feeling. Like, like she's, the way that they shoot it. He's like, it, I want to be a heterosexual, too, yes. but not. And he's like, good luck with that. Yeah. To be continued. And, right. And she even, she uses the language, um, I want to ask her father um, for his blessing. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. So John gives a nice little monologue, though, about trapping women, which is not taken seriously at all. Um, Thematically, even macro in the film, not taken seriously. It turns out she is the one who is trapped many times and literally, quite literally, not an exact, not a metaphor. Anyway. So now we get to this car scene. This is a huge scene and arguably... I would say the inciting incident, really, um, that that Harper, no, the inciting incident is when she invites her to Christmas. It's the begin. It's this is the sort of the beginning of the shitstorm. I think this. Know? I think you'll find this probably takes place about twelve minutes in, but you know who's. The, <laughs> I think the inciting incident often happens before the film starts or at the very beginning. Oh my god, I love you. For that. Okay, I I'm was gonna like, say you know your textbooks. Cut out that section. No. Write this down. No. Also, this could be the beginning of Act Two. I whoa. Think, I think this is a. I think whoa. I disagree. This is a huge conversation that we don't have time for. But <laughs> I, I love that we disagree narratively the point about is, it. Let's just but, say it's a plot point. It's Major a huge, plot point. huge plot point. And this is this is what's set up. They're on the way, and Casey is under the impression that last summer, when Harper went on a trip to the parents alone, that she finally came out because she told Abby that she did that. <laughs> That's the, Abby's under the impression that Harper <laughs> told them about Abby because Harper yeah. came home and said, mm-hmm. "I told them about you and came out to them and went really loud." Yeah, yep. That's and- why Abby fucking thinks that. And it was probably a huge moment for her being proud of her and all of that. And there was probably oh a lot God. of celebration. Yeah, can we actually just cut to that moment that doesn't isn't shown in the film? But like, right. we should go out to dinner to celebrate. Oh, my God, you came out to your parents. How's that going? Isn't it so nice to be accepted? <laughs> yeah, it's really going well. Like, the, the amount of lying that went into that is like... That's the inciting extreme. incident. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, that... Listen... 
I'm just saying, I break say up that. with her. The minute That's... she says she hasn't told them and you have to go and live a lie and she's asking yeah. you to be a liar, fucking break the fuck up with her. <laughs> right. And and she is mad. She is like, what? And she says, should I should just go back. Like, this is, I'm not about to walk into this clusterfuck store. Well, okay. So first Harper's like, brah, I didn't tell them. Also, I... <laughs> Not only did I not tell them that I'm gay, I didn't tell them about you, and I've told them that you're my orphaned roommate who needs a right. girl for Christmas. Will you play along? Oh, also, my dad's you... running for mayor yeah, as a and... Republican. Yeah, and therefore we'll never be able to tell them. But I'll tell them after the holidays, maybe. But, like, will I? And then case you, <laughs> as a self-respecting human being, is like, I need to leave. I'm not coming. And then Harper fucking uses her lesbian straight girl magic on her. And it's like, please, her big blue eyes. And then case two crumbles, which is the really the first mistake. With this, also made. with, right, she's like, okay. But yeah. this is the, um, the, I want to mention the tone of the dialogue from both of these characters is really consistent throughout the film. Harper has this, every time something happens, I just want to do this. Oh, please, just like, it's going to be okay. And it, there's a lot of energy and rush of talking. And then case two goes, okay and and melts a little bit so that's like the that's their interplay yeah it's hard for being like a fragile white woman yeah like oh i'm innocent oh it wasn't my fault that i didn't tell my parents yes oh and she's then a Casey, karen yeah she's a fucking karen and then case she's like well i guess i'll never find anyone better than that even though i literally do right. in this very film exactly <laughs> so i guess i'll just go with it amazing yeah. anyway and, so okay, so then we she agrees. She says okay, which and is stupid, they, but whatever. It's bad. They All arrive. Right, we arrive. At, they arrive at this bomb ass mansion, which is like, is this like Case Two or Clay Duval's like Real House? Like this, this feels yeah. I'll like just say like they, they didn't have really, that much money. It's just yeah, really, it, they shot on location at one what of their does, fucking What did houses. he do for a living before? entertaining councilman yeah so no (laughs) the office city councilman salary it's not it's not he probably bought it in 1985 (laughs) for like a hundred thousand dollars and now it's worth a gajillion dollars you know why they're boomers so they they just get to have nice houses you know and it also is only apparently like a three-bedroom given the fact that Abby's downstairs. There is no guest room in this giant mansion. And so. yet there are, and there, there are three children and parents. So there <laughs> should be four bedrooms and a guest room. So it should it be a five-bedroom house. And yet it, it, it isn't. It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, Where <laughs> the fuck is the older sister, her husband, and the kids staying? No, it's a four-bedroom. old room. Okay, one, two. <laughs> they said they stuck. Mom Jane and Dad down are in there. one room. <laughs> right. Mom and Dad are in one room. Harper, Sloan, Jane. Harper's it's a four in bed- one room. It has no guest room. It's you a can't four. Have yeah, more it's than a four bedroom. Kids. Yeah, it's there's only one guest room, which is actually the basement room. Literally unfurnished with like storage, and <laughs> on half of the room. As so, soon as I I'm saw sorry. the storage, I was like, "Goodbye, privacy." Dead, dead. Goodbye, yeah. privacy. So, uh, so yeah, ripples of Titan, the way they just keep coming in and out of the room. <laughs> um, so let's see, on the way... Just, if um, you hear rustling, it's because I'm laying down because I have okay. COVID. No, I... Just a reminder to the listeners that I have COVID right now. You have COVID. Um, okay, so, so they get on there. On the way into the house, though, they're walking I'm just going to let Jonathan and... talk for a while. Yes. We'll never get through this plot. <laughs> so I'm going to sit bit. quietly for a second and rest. So... They're walking up too, and she does say to Abby, she's like, "Yeah, like don't like make the lie too like complicated. You're a bad liar and all this stuff. Like really kind of psyching her out. She's like, okay, like doing whatever you want, beta, be bottom. yourself, yes. but don't be yourself. And I'm like, you bitch. It's bad. I hate her, and I don't ever stop character. hating. I don't ever stop hating Harper the whole film. I think I'm supposed to. I know. To no, I never do. No, I never do. She's the villain. So She's the um, villain. <laughs> they they know that uh, that that her parents are dead. They're pretending that she's straight, very specifically. So yeah, that's that's important. <laughs> that is super important. Is so, that now Abby, who's clearly a died in the wall lesbian, has been out <laughs> since she was like sixteen. Clearly, and her parents. 
her parents like didn't give a two fucks. She has two professor parents. She's like the most liberal person of all time. And the gayest does not know how person. to be. That's what I'm saying. Like, has not ever been straight a day in her damn life. And I'm like so gay, dude. Has to pretend to be straight. So we have this like Which she we have doesn't tell her when they're in the car. She springs out on her when right. while she's in the house or Absolutely outside the house. purposefully. Absolutely. Yeah, Horrible. she's she is like she's sort of like, oh yeah, just do this and then when you open the door, Mary Steenburgen is like The full greatest. on. Like she's obsessed with social media. That's a part of this character. She's like keeps like taking pictures for the campaign that the husband is doing and she's also about to start her like endless negging. of Abby until she discovers karate. Yeah, in the ending, in the end <laughs> credits. So that's how long it takes for her to chill it out. takes a long time. Arguably when she talks to the dad about the karate, I would say is when she's like, we can't, we can't hate our children. They also <laughs> introduce this character. Who's the uh, younger sister, Jane, who I would One of say the best characters in the whole film. this is Mary Holland, who is also a co-writer of this movie. And No. she's a comedian. Yes, she, No. No longer she, one of the best characters <laughs> in the film. I believe she's queer Mary. and, um, Wow, an actual queer actor in the movie, apart from <laughs> Case 2. What a miracle. she's sort of coded It's a as Christmas neuro, miracle. <laughs> she's coded I as would neurodivergent. say she's a new I would say she's a neuroqueer. Absolutely. Because She's, I actually I actually think she's not straight, really, that character. I think I mean, she's the way just she's kind approaching of the men. Yes. like she thinks she is, but I think she's neuroqueer, honestly. Yeah, it's it's um it's an interesting choice uh for the screenwriter herself to say I'm going to take Like, I'll on be a straight this. character. Yes. So uh, so I'm I'm interested in why they why she would have chosen this whole thing, but I would say Jane is also maybe some of the most genuine laughs. Uh there's some really uncomfortable lines, but there's also some really funny little quips so i i give her credit for that but i would say overall it's not a very funny film at all you know it's not like a Well, it's like, I guess genuinely a comedy in this film, I'm like, where is the humor coming from? yeah Like, are you making fun of your autistic sibling? right like there's no Like, engine for humor yeah, that's what I mean is that yeah I'm like, <laughs> basically you're punching down at gay people and autistic people. And I'm like, I don't, like, am I supposed to laugh now? I don't Right. know, you know? <laughs> and like the kids reading Sylvia Plath, I mean, is that That's um, also not funny, also. but we haven't even gone to the kids So yet, anyway, Jonathan. so I'm just saying, you know, they might be also <laughs> coded as neurodivergent. Um, no, I but. think they just have a mom who's just a shithead. Well, and also they're macabre. Like, anyway, it's Yeah, weird. anyway. But so, so they introduce uh, the sister, and then we meet the dad. And this is the the beginning of the onslaught of orphan, orphan, orphan. I mean, it, literally in back-to-back -back scenes. Abby's an orphan. Oh, yeah, your parents are dead. Right. There's about three or four scenes in a row that she's <laughs> orphanized. so Abby also in here lies badly about a recent breakup with a milkman. <laughs> <laughs> what? Milk So... man. I want to say that's probably a case to ad lib. Uh, try out different things. Milkman Yeah, is funny. yeah, she's Then just they, amazing. <laughs> then they take Abby to the basement, basement to shove her in their quote unquote guest room, and ask about the dead parents again. There's a joke about oh, oh, sorry, okay. So then they shove her in the basement, right? Then there's a di dinner. This is the first of a few like fancy Well, also, things. they do just say, while she's in the basement, the mom's like, sorry, there's all this stuff in here. That's important. Because there's no lock on the door. Yeah. There's a bunch of random shit in Abby's room, which means Abby has no privacy. Which is Yeah. going to make Harper's, like, catch me if you can fetish all the more harder. I mean, Yeah. like, almost as if this was designed on purpose. No, this is, well, that's what I'm saying is like when we get to this dinner and they put her in this tiny chair, then you're just like, I'm sorry. That was so mean. I see other chairs in the background that are regular size. I know, The anyway. restaurant wouldn't do this, you know? So Yeah. they like slipped a 20 to the like maitre d' to like do this. <laughs> so. <laughs>
anyway. Uh, Harper's old flame, Connor, shows up and they're like, hey, let's this is, get this these. They've gone out for the Christmas dinner that the parents have organized. It's like a low key, like holiday dinner, though. It's like, yeah, it's a holiday yeah. dinner. And oh, there's not enough chairs. The Mater D yeah. brings a low chair. So Casey's sitting in a low chair. And yeah, then and suddenly the boy, the ex-boyfriend from high school arrives. And it's been planted. Like, Harper didn't know, but the mom definitely, like, called, sent a text, was like, hey, come here at this time to have dinner with us. So, not cool, Mary. Yeah, and it. the dude shows up. And I just want to say, where was Connor on January 6, 2021? <laughs> you know oh, what I'm saying? Where was he? Where was I, he? I'm pretty sure Connor is now dealing with a little bit of the fallout of that he you was know. put on leave at his job. Yeah. He eventually got it back. I'm just saying. I mean, that all occurs after this film, which is set in, like, I don't know, Christmas 2019 or some Absolutely. shit. Absolutely. It's he giving was... pre-pandemic energy. But you know that Connor right now is, you know, had a few criminal charges against him, you know? Absolutely. He, he was the one sitting in Nancy's chair. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know... Abby and Harper go out to the bathroom because, like, she's like, what the fuck? Like, Abby is saying no. She is knowing the situation. And Harper is again doing the baby, baby, you know, like, this oh, is going to be like, okay. It's okay. I'm so sorry. It's, it's I'm out. so sorry. Come with <laughs> me to the bathroom. <laughs> I just want to be sneaky. And then, of course, enter... Our saving grace, I would say, the thing that gets us through the rest of the movie, Aubrey Plaza. She shows up. She looks stunning. Absolute fox. Like, what is happening? And you know immediately the dynamic. She is a homosexual. (laughs) She's a homosexual. She's definitely our Harper's ex. (laughs) Yes. And her name is Riley. So, you know. And she's a doctor. And Abby is like... But my you know. whole thing is like, I have a real question about this. They're like, your ex? I'm like, yeah. From when they were 14. Yes. That does oh. not count. Anyway, no. whatever. It's, you know. It doesn't count, but it, just it was... Doesn't, it's not an think, ex. And they act like it was yesterday. Like, she was so right. mean to me in freshman year of high school. I'm like, y'all are in your 30s. You need therapy. And then this won't be an issue anymore. You know? I would say, though, that, that when we unpack it a little bit with Riley, she seems like she has moved on slightly more than Harper, who is, that's the incident that she didn't do anything when she, you know, let right. Riley Right, she's still kind of out. stuck in that moment or yes. whatever. She yeah. is still mentally that person, so. Yeah, totally. Um, but we'll unpack that. So, also, you know, uh, this is where we find out that Abby's no slouch. She's a... Uh, PhD student at yeah Carnegie in art history. <laughs> anyway, no. The point is, they go in the bathroom. Harper's like, it's fine. Abby's like, I guess it's fine. But Harper's like, I'm also sorry. I'm also just getting a little kinky moment. She doesn't yes. say that, but she is. But so she they come is. out. They run into Riley. It's like, oh my god, your ex is here too. And Harper's, Harper's like, I'm not responsible for that one. I'm like, yeah. nor were you responsible for Connor because that was sprung on you. So that was a weird thing to say. They get back to the dinner, and then Casey's like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, a real bad bitch, just so you know. And the dad's like, you're cool. And then Harper's like, oh, heart eyes. She is good at parents. Because Abby said she was good at parents. <laughs> she meanwhile, is good Connor, at parents, even though she Connor's, doesn't have any. That's it. And then meanwhile, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's good at other people's parents. Shit. And then meanwhile, Connor's like, hey, Shit. let me tell a story about me and Harper being cooped up in a tent together when we were still right. madly in love in high school. And right. then Abby later's like, yo, you That's never not- mentioned Connor in that story. And Harper's like, yeah, I guess he was there. Whatever. Anyway, let's be gay. That shouldn't and that and that shouldn't be a big story for Harper, but but that's not the reason she didn't say it. Do you know what I mean? She's like, it didn't seem to matter, but that's not fucking why. No, <laughs> like, that was your beard. That. Connor was your beard, and that yeah. was a significant thing that you put together and knew it was happening. Yeah, totally. <laughs> In real time. Harper's so, is fully a pathological liar. This absolutely. is the story of how a lesbian goes home to find out that her girlfriend that she was going to propose to <laughs> is a pathological liar. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Anyway, so then so, what happens? So then um, they go back home, and this is uh, also some pings of uh, Mary Seambridge and, like, goes down and checks on Abby again, like, like opening the door, like, or like a second after the knock, just be like, and then the vibe is... That's the most authentic part of the whole film. That's what every mom does. They knock, and then point two seconds later, they've opened the door. Right. So true. And also, like, just bursting in on the privacy of, like, their life. non-privacy. supposed to be, like, thematic. Um, But also, this is... um, I, I didn't write down the exact line, but this is also one of the interchanges where... Mary, I'm just gonna call her Mary. Mary Steenburgen. What was um, even her name? We don't know. Just mom. It, I think. Oh, it was Tipper. I think. I think it's Tipper. I actually yeah, kind of classic. love the name Tipper. I mean, Loki. That's hilarious. You it's know, like Tipper so... Gore was out Al, is Al Gore. Yeah, it's wife. like giving Republicans. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, she's a Democrat, but she was the one who made those parental advisory stickers happen on the CDs. To, that was Dipper Gore. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so, so you should be, you should be. So yeah, she's, uh, it's like she's forcing um, Abby in this exchange to, like she negs her and then she forces her to say that she's a great host. So that's one thing that happens here. And it's the same thing later when she accuses her of things. She forces her to be very calm and very respectful as she's saying, no, I didn't do it. You don't even believe me as I'm saying that. Fuck life. So anyway, <laughs> bedtime. Then uh, John and Abby have bedtime. A- <laughs> We're all getting ready to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> Night one going super well. Night in one. Super household. <laughs> John and Abby in the Tipper Gore household. The Tipper Gore and Al Gore household. We'll just call her Tipper Gore now. John and Abby have a call then where it's revealed, of course, that John's killing the animals accidentally already. And also that he's right. (laughs) Yes. That he's fucking right. Because she tells him the tea and she has a little energy behind it. And and he's just like, I have to leave. He's like, get out. But he's also like, oh no, first he was like, you need to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. He's not empathetic. <laughs> no. But then later when he calls her up and is empathetic, then he hangs up on her. So we don't really know what's going on with this guy. He wants his friend to be with someone more progressive. He has, doesn't have to deal with this. Yeah, line like more of progressed situation. in her evolution. <laughs> yeah. Who is in the film, but just gently ignored. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dr. Aubrey. So oh. <laughs> then we <laughs> then we meet like Sloan, who is uh the fuck is her name uh glow allison brie and uh, glow (laughs) but i you know i mentioned it because she's an extremely talented compelling actress actress. i i have been i I say that just because she's one of those actresses that just it it compels me when she does stuff on screen so the idea that she is just it's like she's in a fucking like straight jacket with her acting like there's nowhere there's nothing she can do She's the most boring character of all time. Oh my and I God. didn't even really recognize her, honestly. To- totally. I would say like like some of her line delivery, especially when she's talking about their business. I love when she's like, we like reclaim the vessels. I mean, yeah, she I mean, made a meal of it. But, but she it, didn't have much to make a meal of. It's anyway. like a sad burger from McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, it's not a full meal. Wow. So then we meet the kids. They're, you know, a, a little so basically, bit. Basically, Sloane's the oldest sister. She competes with right. Hopper all the time. She's she's had she's committed the um, Republican crime of miscegenation. Yes. <laughs> and has her black boyfriend, who's stunningly handsome and boyfriend. very under. He's her husband. Husband of 12 years. <laughs> who is stunningly underutilized in this film. Because he boy. comes in. Her boy. He has he's, amazing he's handsome, shirt and sweater. He's gorgeous. <laughs> And I'm just like, you, he is only in here for diversity points. Absolutely. And he has no personality of his own. But like, you yes. can tell that there's a lot going on there. And yes. I'm just like, okay, clear Duval. And they don't make him into anything good. Like, they kind of, you know, he negs uh, Abby saying, for moisturizing, not having, you know, having callous moisturized hands. But my whole thing is just like, <laughs> if you actually want to slay in the diversity game, Sure. Then why isn't Abby a person of color? 
<laughs> well, like literally, without case two, this is not happening. But that's what I'm saying. Sure. Even if case two saved the movie. I think Harper could have been. Oh, why not? I mean, why not the entire family? My whole thing is just like... <laughs> them Republicans. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just felt really... It just felt like... Like, there's something about when there's when every single person's white except for one It was character, so extreme. So It just extreme. feels kind of fucked up, you know? Yeah. No, this film is porcelain white. Like, it is Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Up. Yeah. It's I... fucked up, you know? Like, <laughs> it's, it's not right. It's no. not the happiest season. <laughs> it's the not. The only other person of color in the whole film is the person that the guy's leaving Sloan for. This is the type of family that would adopt a person of color for, like, optics, too. Where's yeah, the like, Jane there? could be a person of color. Absolutely. I just feel like Cleo DeVal was like, I don't want to, you know, back in the 90s, <laughs> we didn't have to deal with race. This so... is set today, though, Cleo. Yeah. <laughs> I really hate ribbing on her like this, too, because I, I absolutely adore we her. We adore her. That's the, and that's uh, of the course. Tar- most heartbreaking part, is that she's, if, she if... is... <laughs> single-handedly responsible for this mess she's also she changed my life uh in in the when that scene in but i'm a cheerleader when they're canoodling in the like doghouse that scene like changed my my life you know what i mean so like so like nostalgia scan goes like 50 51 you know it's like struggling it wants to be more (laughs) nostalgic but (laughs) i can't I guess what I don't understand, too, just coming back to the film. So this is like the oldest sister who was in business school with her partner, and then they left to make gift baskets. (laughs) Curated gift experiences. Which is a business. Yeah, but my whole thing is like, I don't, okay, you go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, like, if this is like a funny comedy, where's like the cutaway to the be on Shark Tank? And pitching their business, <laughs> you know. See, like that's a comedy. Like making curated business, like wild experiences. And the Shark Tank guys, like, you got it. You yeah, know, we're back. I love it. We're selling an experience. Um. So but, yeah. But anyway, the point is, like, how, first of all, how are they raising a family? Well, whatever. Maybe they are raising a family. Well, they're selling these gift baskets. <laughs> but why did they leave business school? Is this is this them trying to be like we, we want to be family. happy? No, because later we find out, of course, that they're on the and they're not happy. Yeah, I don't know (laughs) the answer to your question, which you asked during the movie as we were texting. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I still don't know. No one knows. Um, Okay. Anyway, this actor didn't get to give a single interview, so you can't ask him. The point is, we realize (laughs) that there's two perfect daughters and one less than perfect daughter, and the perfect daughters compete out compete each other to be more and more perfect. For their parents' love. That's they the whole go dynamic. Skating They're... to to literally Yeah, they go skating. Okay, this. so everyone goes skating and then everyone they outskate skating. each other and Jane times, because that's what she's good for. Also, we have to fucking mention that as they are all in a group skating around this rink, Abby is as a helper. A, a helper reindeer thing that you glide along, which is just a little bit too small for her because it's probably intended know, for a, a child. And she doesn't seem to need it even. She's like flowing pretty good. <laughs> it's like, what? I know. Why? Is they're trying to infantilize the gay person as like less than, you know? And then these grown women have a race. A skate fight. <laughs> and then and then the husband but like it's like it's like okay, the two white heterosexual passing like skinny women are like, We're gonna compete for the patriarchal love of our father while <laughs> right. off to the side we've got the gay, like closeted Beyonce, who's using the Santa, the reindeer helper, the newer <laughs> queer young sister who's timing, and then the black <laughs> husband who's miserable and like trying to and leave being his like, wife. Let's do it. Yeah, and he can't. <laughs> I'm just like, if this is not a f- perfect fucking illustration of the dynamics in this film, nothing is. You know. It's, and and they're st- trying to say that the secrecy and the pressure of the parents did all of this. I'm so... like, you know what else did this? Your mature adult decisions. <laughs> Because you yes. are adults. You're adults. And you probably all got great educations or had access to it. You know, you had access to the world. You could have grown at any at any point. Just choose a point. Uh so I just nope. still can't believe they ended up together at the end. Anyway. Look, right. 
Spoiler alert. So sorry. And, and no, we'll say because we'll say you know it's it's easier with a spoiler, and it might be easier for people not to watch this movie if they really think they're gonna get traumatized, especially if they have Christmas family trauma. So watch it, don't watch it. But I think it's you know it is it's get throughable. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm, that's I'm what very, the office starts no, no, for. No, I'm saying terrible. no. I was saying that from their from their from their perspective. I am entertained by this movie, but I will say just because of what it is, because of the trauma. But I'm saying if if you really hurt from these things, some of these scenes with Dan Levy and Harper are actually traumatic. So yeah, they're I'm traumatic. Not, like, that's actually the tea. Like, I'm, I'm, the tea I'm, is I'm, that, like you said, <laughs> when you were like, I was like, God, I don't want to watch this film, but I'm going to do it for you, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> and Jonathan was like, you know, it has queer trauma, but it doesn't know that it does. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is the deal. Stay tuned for part two of The Happiest Season. I just have like, yeah, people keep going, are your Christmas lights in your apartment for Christmas? And I'm like, no, I'm gay. Thank you. I'm a gay millennial. I have, I have 365 fairy lights. I'm a fairy. Absolutely. I have five lighting schemes that can be changed up in my bedroom alone. Yeah, at any moment. (laughs) I really do. Know who you're fucking with. Okay. Know who you're fucking and who you're fucking with.